The Braves are making moves, and Thanksgiving's almost here. Logan Whaley and myself, I'm Bryce Coon. We're going to talk about what are the Braves cooking up. Alex Anthopoulos is getting pretty fun here before Thanksgiving commences. Trades, signings, rumors, and more on today's episode of Chopaholic. Pile in here and make yourself feel at home. The crowded booth is coming on. Crowded Booth with Bryce Coon. Bryce Coon and Logan Whaley. Logan, we had to delete the latest podcast because it was already outdated by the time we were releasing it because Atlanta is making moves. Logan, happy early Thanksgiving. You're decked out in the gear. How you doing, my man? Man, happy Thanksgiving to you. Doing great. And and I feel like that's just been a theme so far. It feels like uh, every episode we record some big Braves news happens and immediately outdated and uh, just our luck. So uh, if you're listening to this, uh, just know that uh, the the next biggest Braves move will happen soon. Maybe some Thanksgiving uh, surprises. Who knows? And and that's why, look, we're recording this on Tuesday. It's coming out Tuesday afternoon. Like I'm about to edit this (laughs) as quickly as possible and put this out on the interwebs because we can't afford, you know, Logan, I'll do this. I'll post it. And you're going to send me a tweet. Atlanta signs Sonny Gray, you know, four years, 675 million. (laughs) But, you know, we're going to talk about that today. But, uh, man, look, we recorded that podcast and the next day, it just starts flying. And so really the biggest thing is we kind of talk about the overarching storyline here is it feels like Alex Anthopoulos, much to a lot of fans' pleasure, is cooking something up. Uh, I know some of the trades, Logan, it hurts the fan in us because, look, we love the players that have been associated with our with our favorite team for you know the past couple of years, uh, five, six years now. But what do you make of the Braves' latest trades that they have gone out? And we'll review it here. Kyle Wright to Kansas City. He wasn't going to be a part of the picture this year. Um, Mike Soroka, obviously gone. Uh, Jared Schuster, gone. I mean, a lot of the players, Shoemake. and I know I'm probably – Shoemake, Nick Anderson. Yeah. You know, Kansas City also just has an influx of Atlanta Braves talent, uh, too. But what do you make of the Braves' latest moves? What does it kind of signal that this front office is doing? Well, you look at the national attention, and and it was the first one, obviously, getting Aaron Bummer. And I think a lot of people looked at that trade and thought, oh, my gosh, what is Atlanta doing? They gave up so many pieces. But I think a lot of people view the name value of those guys, like like your Mike Sorokas. And, uh, you know, Nicky Lopez was somebody. I, I tell yeah. you, of that trade, Nicky Lopez, that kind of hurt the most, I feel like. It, it legitimately felt like. Nikki Lopez, Nikki Lopez for Aaron Bummer, which honestly, mm. not a bad trade. I, I don't think uh, Braves are kind of running low on lefty arms in, in the bullpen, uh, especially after Brad Hand, uh, you know, is a free agent now. now. Injured, yeah, right. Well, and, and Aaron Bummer too. You look at uh, the stats that go beyond. I mean, the ERA is going to be the first thing that sticks out, but you go beyond that, dude. His pitch mix is nasty. It is uh, going to be tough for lefties to hit against them. And, and I look at the the prior success he had. I think last year is more of an outlier than anything. And you get a guy like that for three years of team control, I'm in on that move. And considering who else the Braves added in free agency, uh, this bullpen is looking fantastic uh, for yeah. this upcoming season. Uh, as for the Royals trade, you know, with, with Kyle Wright going, that, that hurts. But I think, you know, between this and Brandon Woodruff, I wonder if GMs are kind of looking at shoulder injuries as like the death knell 
for a pitcher's mm. career. That that's that was my takeaway from it. I I legitimately believe that uh, you know Anthopoulos, you know, and, and you hate to say you know he gave up on him, but he gave up on him pretty much. Yeah. Uh, because you, you look at uh, the injury that he was coming back from this year, just to get re-injured, and especially with it being a shoulder now, I I, I really believe that you know it's like you know it's okay, Kansas City, you can rehab him, you can try to make him into something. I I still don't see the any potential and who the Braves got in return. But if anyone can make something out of nothing, it is uh, this Braves staff. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, uh, very interesting. And I think the overall theme from all of it is uh, Alex Anthopoulos is up to something. Yeah, he's up to something. And Logan, we kind of see the money that he's cleared off the books for 2024. Kyle Wright was going to sit on your roster uh, and he was going to command you know a decent penny. You had yeah. obviously guys like Nicky Lopez that would have commanded some money. And I'm not saying those guys would have broke the bank, but look, you know, the Braves are teetering on that luxury tax type of deal. They, they could still go over it. We're going to talk about the, the deals for Bummer and then the, the contract for Lopez later, or Ronaldo Lopez later on in the show. I think the two things that stuck out to me was 40-man roster space. Like, yeah. the amount of 40-man roster spots, and for folks that may be brand new to the podcast, brand new to Braves baseball, it's essentially guys that you can call up from the minor leagues that maybe aren't on your 26-man roster that aren't going to affect you having to designate anyone for assignment, place them on waivers. It's opening up spots where it feels like maybe Anthopolis, to me, Logan, looked at this roster, sat down with Brian Snicker. You loved the guys you had. But you say, if we can tinker, because I'll say this, kind of the first 15 of this Braves roster is the best in baseball. You know, when you start to get to the back half and where Anthopolis has said where championships are won, maybe they felt like they needed to tinker to have the best 40-man roster so that they can have roster flexibility. That's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, and it's kind of an underrated aspect of last season too, I believe, because you look at the the lineup and you you marvel at it because it was historic. But you go to the bench and the options that were there, it kind of limited, really. I mean, Nicky mm-hmm. Lopez was a great addition down the stretch, but after that, I mean, Von Grissom had the last at bat uh, in the NLDS. And look, love Von Grissom, love the potential, but it was very clear in that moment. I, I think Adopolis might have looked at that and said, you know what, we need to get even deeper. Uh, and we need to clear out some space to, to really make room for some of those guys, because there are a lot of guys uh, in this free agency that could make really, really good additions uh, on this Braves bench. Uh, and, and you kind of wonder which direction Anthopoulos is going to go. Is he really going to attack starting pitching, which, you know, based on the the uh, the report that Aaron Nola got offered a pretty good deal by the Braves, that may be the direction he goes. But again, left field's a hole. And I think, you know, the bench is, is another hole right now you, you, you got to look at. Yeah, outside of Travis Darno or Sean Murphy, whoever's not catching, look, right. you kind of go back to, and, and it's it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, some of the bench players that have played a role for the Braves, but especially with the addition of the full-time DH, it has changed the way, especially National League GMs want to construct, you know, there's four or five guys, because one, you probably have an extra spot for a bullpen arm because you're not really going to use as many bench players throughout the course of a season. But you have to be kind of careful because, look, not everyone's Orlando Arcia like he was at the beginning parts of last right. year where he just, you know, burst onto the scene in the sense of he'd have a pinch hit appearance and have a big double, not play for three or four days. You have to have a good mix, especially, I, I think, and especially it has to be more well thought out how you spend those bench rolls. And so I, I think this was more of a tinkering on the edges of the roster because I, I do believe hey, it's Thanksgiving, the meat and potatoes, the turkey and dressing of this roster 
it is what it is. It's how can you add auxiliary pieces around it, Logan, to make it back to what you have to have to win a World Series? Because you and I both know stars are going to shine in the brightest moments, but oftentimes it's, you know, the uh, what's the reliever that Philly had this year that got called up and was just gassed, I mean, gassing everybody. Oh, it was ridiculous, yeah. but you know what I'm oh, talking man. about. It's those guys yeah, that you yeah, don't yeah. think of in spring training. I think that's where Atlanta saw, okay, Arizona had a couple of those. Philly had a couple of those. You know, mm-hmm. L.A., the Dodgers have always had a couple of those. I mean, when you look at it, to me, it's it's the additions around it. And, you know, we can also sit here and say and take another spin of this. This was a play when you talk about contract and money purposes. They were in on Aaron Nola. And I want to say this. I really wanted Aaron Nola. I, you know, I yeah. texted you right when Nola was pitching his brazen said, bring this guy back down to the south. From Baton Rouge, went to LSU, all the great stuff. But credit to Philly for, one, recognizing that your your biggest rival right now is trying to get him, uh, that you're both on a champion – you're in a championship window. And, look, they ponied up the money. I, I can't fault Atlanta if the reports are true, which we were talking about beforehand. It was around six – th- we think it was at like six, 150, six 152. One, I think it was 160 maybe. 160, I, I, okay. That, that's, what I, that's what I thought. Uh, I, I think it was at Philadelphia – uh, newspaper maybe that reported that. So okay. I, again, I, I haven't seen anything nationally about that, but I, I mean, every rumor was the Braves were in on Nola. So it would not surprise me if that, that did turn out to be true. I don't know. Look, I, I'm not the kind of fan that gets like up in arms about people team, like not getting someone when you make a logistic, a legitimate push the Braves, if that offer is true or in the neighborhood. And look, we know AA keeps a lot of things close to the vest. So I don't know how true necessarily that right. would be. If that's the ballpark they were playing in, they're playing in the right ballpark. You know, they're playing in, in the right, yeah. on the right playground, but two, it shows, and I want to get your input on this, that they're willing, and we're going to talk about you know some rumors of another starting pitcher. It shows that they are willing to fix this need and understand the importance of that number three spot in the rotation and the, and what it happens to mean for championship aspirations. Yeah, 100%. And you know, going back to, to NOLA, I think maybe it was the years, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't know if any other team were – I don't know if any other team was going to go seven years for Aaron yeah. Nola, you know, he's already entering kind of the back half of his career. Uh, but, but again, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it does show Anthopolis is, Anthopolis is willing to spend. And that, that is a big thing because you, you look at the guys who are still available. I mean, you know, I, I think Sonny Gray is going to command a good contract. I think, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is just posted. Right. And so he's going to be kind of the next big name. I think that goes, uh, curious to see if the Braves are going to be in on that. But no, I, I think you're absolutely right. The fact that these trades happened and look, it, it didn't really save a whole lot of money, but at the same time, the fact that Anthopoulos has said payroll's going up and he's making cuts, it tells you he's at least shaping, he's preparing to shape his roster a certain, it take the roster a certain direction. And that's something yeah. that as a Braves fan, I, I feel like is exciting because you know, you know, okay, well, there's there's a plan here, and you may not know where the plan's going, but you know, it, it's going to be good. And two, it, it's funny because uh, you know, Lance Lynn going to the Cardinals was uh, you know a, a move that 
was hilarious to see uh, Cardinals Twitter just up in arms about. They absolutely yeah. hated that move. I mean, Lance Lynn getting $10 million. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's weird. That's, it's I didn't gross. love that. It's, it's so gross. <laughs> it's, it's a, I will say, pitching markets are definitely elevated, inflated, but Lance Lynn getting 10 million at this stage in his career. Like this isn't Lance Lynn of two or three years ago, 200 plus innings guy. I mean, this is Lance Lynn that's seriously struggling to be a fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. And you just paid him 10. Yeah. So, right. I don't, and the Cardinals do need pitching, but you know, if it turns out that Lynn is going to be your, your five, then maybe that's okay. But golly, that, that was, uh, that was, that was a rough one. And, and I did see a meme of, uh, you know, there, there are some stat and, and I think it was probably strikeouts per nine that Nola and, and Lance Lynn had like exactly the same numbers on. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think the Cardinals fan was trying to make that a positive spin, but was just getting absolutely roasted in the comments yeah. about it. Oh, it was funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, obviously a lot of Braves favorites look, uh, you know, Mike Soroka, I hope that he gets an opportunity in Chicago. And we, mm-hmm. we mentioned this on the podcast that never appeared you know, it kind of felt like Sirico was going to have to get a shot with the roster. Uh, I mentioned Oakland, you know, but Chicago yeah. makes sense too. Rebuilding organization that needs to find different things. You know, Kyle Wright, I just, I still think Kyle Wright has top-end stuff and top-end yeah. potential. Um, you know, Atlanta's in a spot, and I, and I like this. I'm reading MLB Trade Rumors as we go on to our next segment. It says that, you know, it's a win-now Atlanta team that can afford to target specific players that it considers – finishing touches to a championship caliber roster. And I think that explains the yeah. take of what the Braves have done here early on so far. Uh, Logan, we move on to the additions of Aaron Bummer and Ronaldo Lopez. Now let's talk about Bummer here just a second. I think we can honestly say, and I know you're more the analytically driven uh, guy on, yeah. on this show. Bummer, you're, you're getting Bummer for the for the peripherals. Like you're, you're getting Bummer yeah. for what he has been, not this past year. I will offer this, then I'll hand it over to you. I was talking, uh, do a podcast down here every Friday with uh, Mikey Matuk and Jared Mitchell. Mikey Matuk played in the bigs for a little bit, and he was with Chicago in 2021. And I said, all right, tell me about Aaron Bummer. You know, I'm a big Braves fan. Tell me about him. He said, man, Bummer is filthy. He said, like, when he's on from that angle, left-hander and throwing hard, he said, as a right-handed hitter, he's going to come inside, you know, and, and try to, you know, just break your hands. And then he's going to be able to break something off pretty, you know, pretty slow. He said, I love that pickup for Atlanta. And honestly, when you get away from, you know, those guys being favorites of Braves fans, it makes a lot of sense. So that's the professional opinion. Our amateur opinion we'll take now. Logan, <laughs> uh, your, your thoughts on this move and, wh- and what yeah. Bummer brings to the table. Yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, the analytics, right. And and again, if you go, if you go to the stats page, you're going to see the ERA first, I would argue to look beyond that. And and look, I'm not saying to totally dismiss it because look, he, he was hit hard last year. Yeah. That That is for sure. Um, and it, it's so interesting, you know, looking at the stat cast page because, uh, you know, he was hit hard, but he wasn't barreled often, which I, to me, I feel like tells you regressions coming in, in, in one of those, yeah. one of those fashion, uh, and again, you, you look at a uh, pitching ninja that the, the, the Twitter page, right? And he's he's going to be a mainstay on there too. So I mean, he is nasty. He's got he's got good stuff. But you know, again, I think it goes back to uh, again just what you get in Aaron Bummer. And look, three years you have him under control. 
Uh, he's a lefty, which again, you know, lefty bullpen arms, they're at a premium, right? And to get someone like Aaron Bummer, who truthfully, this is kind of a buy low on him because you've seen yeah. the production he's had in the past. He's had really good production in the past. He's been a, a very, very solid reliever for Chicago. And to bring him here to Atlanta I, for, for, you know, championship contender, right? That's going to be an, another big thing. And look, he's not going to be asked to do too much because you have AJ Mentor there. You have Iglesias there. You have Jimenez there. You have now Ronaldo Lopez there. So Braves have so many options out of that bullpen, and depth never hurts. And this mm. is, at, at worst, a really solid depth addition. But at best, you're looking at a guy that uh, could come in in some high-leverage spots, uh, you know, whenever lefties are in the lineup, and, you know, be, be that shutdown option. Yeah, and two, look, you're gonna get you're gonna have AJ Mentor as kind of a high leverage guy. You're gonna get back Tyler Matzik. I think we have to be, you know, you know, see how he comes along at spring training. But Logan, if you're telling me you're rolling into 2024 with Matzik, Mentor, and Bummer as your three lefties, look, it's gonna be better than Lucas Lepke that they had this past yeah. season. I mean, it's it's that is a nice little threesome to have as the pitchers from the left-handed side. And you're also look. You're going to have Rafael Iglesias. You're going to have Pierce Johnson, Joe Jimenez. This is starting to transpire and move, I feel like, into maybe what was a top 15, top 20, to maybe into that top 10, top 7 or 8 category of a bullpen. And then you get to see guys that maybe make the next step. And, uh, you know, our yeah. our fan favorite that I think is going to get a minor league contract, and I hope he does, Jesse Chavez, that just seemingly just pitches out of his mind when he wears the, a Braves uniform. But this bullpen – I think that's something else too. You're you're noticing that the AA is placing an emphasis on that, and it brings us to the next one, Ronaldo Lopez, which is who is going to get stretched out. Justin Toscano of the AJC was kind of one of the first guys in on this as a starter. But Logan, you said right before the show, to get him at a really an average annual value, I think it's ten million. What was it three for thirty three yeah. or three something eleven million? Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. steal for a guy that can really be a swing player out of your rotation in your bullpen. Well, and consider this year's salary. He's only going to get paid $4 million this upcoming mm. season. And to have a guy that could potentially, you know, he could contend for that fifth spot if all goes well. And again, this is a guy that's that's made several starts uh, in the past. And I look at that. I mean, that's huge. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. He's a fireballer out of the bullpen. And that's something the Braves really needed this, this offseason. So, I love the addition. I, I really do because uh, I think it's that flexibility uh, the Braves were possibly looking for because how many guys last year made spot starts? Uh, I mean, there are yeah. quite a few guys and the Braves didn't win very many of those games, right? I think they may be looking at, at Ronaldo Lopez as somebody that uh, if you need him to, you know, possibly make a, a spot start here and there and, I, I love that, truthfully, if it, if it works out well. And that's the beauty of this offseason and spring training to see if this is going to work. And honestly, for $4 million, that's the it's the lowest risk you could possibly take because you're not paying this guy to be a starter. Not yeah, at all. You're, you're not. And look, you look at Lopez's career arc. I mean, it really took off for him when he was moved to the bullpen in Chicago after coming over. I got a little, a little, little fun fact for you, a little trivia, if, 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 we, if we may here. Lucas Giolito, Dane Dunning, and Ronaldo Lopez went to Chicago for the Adam Eaton trade. And that's just an absolute nuts trade from wow. the Washington Nationals. Uh, so, wow. you know, Lopez gets to Chicago. He moves the bullpen. This is a guy who, you know, 
he became one of the sport's most dominant bullpen arms over the you know last couple months of 2022. He had a 1.54 ERA, 29% strikeout rate, and a 3.1% walk rate. Logan, if it doesn't work out as a starter, and we're going to talk about this in the final segment, I still think Atlanta goes and gets a starter. But if mm-hmm. it doesn't, you have a bona fide – I mean, this, this is a really, really good bullpen and a guy that you feel like could go – two or three innings and shut down some players, which look, they did that in 2021. Right. The guys did that for Atlanta. Absolutely. Lopez was a, was an all-star too. Was he not? One, one, I, one I believe he might've been, you might've been right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even just that, which I mean, look, all-star is what it is, right? Bryce Elder was an all-star this year, but yeah, Ronaldo Lopez is a guy, you know, as you mentioned, they're, they're the options are li- like limitless as far as what mm-hmm. he can be for the Braves. And, and I think that versatility really is attractive and yeah, and the contract's even better. I mean, legitimately it's, it's, it's backloaded and I just think it's a really good deal for the Braves. I want to touch on this because it does kind of go into the fact, and you look at Lopez, what this 2023 version of him was as a reliever. He's a two pitch guy, fastball, hard slider. He does have a change up and a curve Logan that he does use. And look, he's had seasons where he actually used both of those at a 20% clip or higher. So, you know, I think a lot of the discussion of, well, you can't be a starter and have two pitchers. And we see Spencer Strider trying to buck that trend. This is a guy that it wouldn't be like introducing something brand new to him. And I think that's a part of the reason why Atlanta liked him of saying, look, yeah. he has the ability to mix in the changing curve and it's not going to mess up his repertoire. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, uh, the fastball is very, very good. That, yeah, that's a plus thing one. Too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And, and the velocity that's there. You know, and that that was a big need, you know, entering this offseason, I believe, for the Braves is just, uh, you know, in the bullpen, they're, you know, not very many fireballers. And even in the rotation, just not a lot of guys that, you know, other than Strider can just, you know, pump gas up there. So uh, I love the Braves adding velocity. I think that that's going to be a, a big key, you know, for this season, too. We move on to our final topic of conversation, and hopefully we get out of here before any breaking news happens, Logan. The Sonny Gray rumors continue to heat up. Look, you've had so many reports. Uh, You mentioned St. Louis earlier. The Cardinals are definitely going to be on Sonny Gray uh, in in the idea of needing to add continued starting pitching. If they're willing to pay $10 million for Lance Lynn, then I think the Braves might be out of the Sonny Gray sweepstakes if if St. Louis is going to commit that type of money to Lance Lynn. Uh, The Dodgers are also going to be a suitor for Sonny Gray. They need pitching as well. Atlanta, the way they aggressively pursued Aaron Nola to all kind of the reports that have been circulating on social media and amongst, you know, the the baseball writers, it feels like Sonny Gray, and we talked about this in our opening episode, is right in the wheelhouse. Like it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, you know, Saturday, maybe AA let Sonny Gray and his family eat some turkey. And then Friday they say, hey, you know, let's get the Braves jersey on you. I want to get your thoughts on Sonny Gray, and then we'll talk a little bit about Yamamoto. But your thoughts on Sonny Gray as this thing kind of continues to heat up because, look, good pitcher, and it feels like it's in the Braves' wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at a guy that's uh, you know entering the later stages of his career, a guy who has a lot of experience. Uh, last year, obviously, you know, Cy Young contender, right? He was a guy that uh, was just locked down for the Twins, and that's a, that's a fantastic uh, addition to – any roster, but for the Braves, you're bringing him in as a number three, which is incredible because he could honestly make a case to be a top two guy just about anywhere else. For the Braves, he'd be the, he'd be a number three, and he would be a, mm-hmm. a perfect guy because look, you'd push Morton to a four, and, and then the five, 
you know, free for all in, in, in spring training. And that's going to be a fantastic competition to watch if that is the case. And, and he brings Sonny Gray in that to me raises everybody else up. But again, the price, I, I'm curious to see how high it goes, but I don't think he gets anything more than, you know, three to four years. And that's, that's something that I think is an Anthopolis' wheelhouse because look, and I know the NOLA report was the Braves offered six years, but that's something that was out of the norm for Anthopolis. He normally doesn't offer yeah. these long-term contracts and free agencies. You see a lot of one-year prove-it deals with, with Anthopolis uh, or even then, you know, short two, three, four years. And I think that that's going to be the the right range for the for the Braves. And, and Bryce Sonny just seems like he's somebody that has been linked to the Braves, I think, his entire career. It's, it's, it's bound to Oakland, happen at some point. Like when he was in yeah. Oakland, Cincinnati, like we were joking about this. Sonny Gray to Braves rumors, you Google it, and you're going to find a tr- MLB trade rumors article from like 2019, 2020, yeah. 2021, 2022. I mean, the guy is, I think, at this age in his career, 34. We talked about this, you know, in the first episode. It just feels like, Logan, he he has the makeup of what the Braves want. Uh, the veteran guy, you slot right in there, number three spot, you know, and, and maybe – Maybe I'm not going to go out on a limb and say he's going to capture what Charlie Morton did, but maybe he gets better with age. I mean, he had his best season coming off that age 33 season where, look, he's going to get to cash in on that, but maybe the Braves do too. It was a good marriage that worked out for Charlie Morton in Atlanta. Maybe they Mm -hmm. can capture that again. Uh, Logan, we kind of end today's podcast with the big fish, Uh, you know, you kind of look Steve Phillips over on LB network talked about this a couple days ago where he said it, after the NOLA deal went down, it feels like Atlanta's pivoting to Sonny Gray. But don't count them out of the uh, the sweepstakes for Yamamoto, the flashy 25-year-old that took the – took first off, took the MLB show, uh, you know, community by storm this past year. Yeah, but also, sure you know, did. the World Baseball Classic and everything in between. I know that you love Yamamoto. You've texted me a lot about this. I want to ask you this, though. If the Braves were a real threat to sign NOLA, when it comes down to the dollars and the years amount, Yamamoto being younger, it feels like they would be a real threat to do that too. I don't think that's out of yeah. the complete. I don't think that's out of the blue. Your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I think if they're willing to spend big on Nola, that tells you they're willing to spend big. Period. And Yamamoto is a guy that uh, look. I genuinely believe he's going to get over two hundred million from a team. Just look at looking at the age, looking at what he's done in Japan. I mean, he's legitimately one of the best pitchers. Uh, in that league, in that league history. I mean, the, the numbers are up there with uh, Masahiro Tanaka, Shohei Otani, like all of those guys, uh, he's right there with them. And in some stats, he's surpassed them. And he's only 25 years old. Mm. That's going to be so marketable for, for a franchise. And I think a lot of teams are going to look at the impact that you know Shohei Otani just had and will want to pay up for, for that. Um, you know, it's just so interesting, right? Because uh, the Braves, you know, looking at the, you know, the history as far as like Japanese pitchers go, what it's like Kenshin Kawakami and nobody yeah. else. Yeah. It's right. Really been Kawakami. Yeah. <laughs> but spent his you know, last but, year of his contract in double a Mississippi, that's how bad he was. Yeah. In an Atlanta yeah. uniform. Yeah. Uh, real ones. Remember the uh, Roy Halliday battle though. That was the, oh. uh, that, that was the underrated Braves game right there, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just a, a weird time, weird time for Atlanta. But uh, but no, I, I really like Yamamoto. I really like what he brings to the table. 
And uh, look, I think there's always going to be that question of if it translates to, to MLB, but golly, just the potential that's there. I, I think that's worth 200 million alone. Will the Braves pay up for that? Will they be in the, I think they will be in the mix. I just don't know if they're going to win the bidding more. I, I, I don't see this as like, if it happens, I'm over the moon excited. But I just, you know, the, the pessimist in me just doesn't think it's going to happen. I think where fans can be feel rest assured if the rumors were true, and that's what it hinges on for me about Aaron Nola, like if that was real, then you have to say, okay, the reason he won't be in Atlanta Braves uniform in 2024 is not because they didn't want to pony up the money. Like I, I think that you, for the for one of the first times for a lot of the fans that just want to scream on Twitter, and I get that, and, and you know, yell about, you know, uh, financial flexibility, you know, those things. It feels like you know this is something where they're they're going to test these waters, as is all other thirty teams. I mean, you joked earlier the headline Braves reportedly interested in Yamamoto is going to you know get clicks, but it's not really noteworthy. Of course, they're going to be interested in a twenty right. five year old that had better numbers than you, Darvish, when he's coming over, you know, uh, from yeah. Japan. So I'm with you there. You know, what I thought was interesting, and we'll kind of end the show with this, is once again, Steve Phillips, who was a guest uh, on MLB Network talking about this, he said he wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta add two starting pitchers, Sonny Gray being in that market value and still being kind of a dark horse contender, a secret contender for Yamamoto. Logan, if they did that, that shows you an all-out push uh, for a World Series title. I don't know how much I personally buy into that just because I've never seen Atlanta do that. Doesn't mean it can't happen. But right. is one uh, wait at this? Is one starting pitcher good enough for you, or do you want two? I mean, two would be fantastic because one through five is is set if that happens. But yeah. at the same time, I would be fine with one, uh, truthfully, because look, you think about what happens if you bring in two. Like, say the Braves land, you know, Gray and Yamamoto. I think that means this is the last year of Max Fried. I don't think they want to tie up that much money into starting pitching, and you know. You would hate to lose Max Freed, but that being said, Yamamoto, if he works out, it's a natural replacement, natural fit yeah. anyway. You, you would you would have to probably add another lefty at some point in the rotation, but at the same time, I, I would not mind getting two. Uh, but again, as you said, those uh, those headlines are so just funny to me. Like Braves interested in really good starting pitcher, Braves interested in really good player. So is every team. Every team would love to have them, right? Uh, but but again, you just have to look at, at realistically, will it happen? I don't think they'll add two. Um, but again, wouldn't surprise me if they added like a Sonny Gray and then they would go, you know, someone on on the back end, like, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just depth-wise, you know. Yeah. Because look, uh, the number five, you know, the number five starter role, especially if you get Sonny Gray, filled with a bunch of question marks anyway. And, you know, you, you have Bryce Elder there who had a fantastic first half, but you know, not so much of a second half. AJ Smith Shaver, who again, great prospect. It's a lot of potential. Is he going to realize that this year? It's hard to tell, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, just so many guys that you look at, and you know, I, I don't know if the Braves are. I mean, the Braves. You know, if one through four is set, maybe they say, you know what, let's let's give Smith Shaver a shot because it's going to be such a low risk because he's he's a number five. But I think what's more realistic is the Braves wanting to add that depth to where. At worst, you get a guy that can just eat innings uh, at the number five and just not ask too much out of him. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. It might be that fifth spot in the rotation. It's a chance for a young player to grow. And I feel like that's where the Braves often do go with the five spot. Uh, you know, a guy that proves himself in spring training. You probably have two or three more guys that are going to be in Gwinnett that are capable of being in that spot. And you juggle it till about – this is where I say that. You kind of juggle it until about early June, Memorial Day, when you get a real feel of what's going on. And then – if you really needed to go get another starter, you're going to spend the next month and a half to go find one of the trade deadline. I personally think that's what Atlanta will do. Like, I, like I'll yeah. put it right now, they don't have crystal ball predictions like we do for 24-7 sports with baseball free agency. I'm putting <laughs> one 10 of 10 confidence in. I think Atlanta gets Sonny Gray. Like, I, I just – I, I kind of think it happens, and, and I just think it sits there. The fifth spot in the rotation is going to be what it is, and then we see what happens in left field, yeah. which – the money they cleared out with those trades, maybe they go back and revisit some of the more high-impact bats that they could use in left field. So that'll be very, very interesting. But, Logan, we end the podcast with this, the all-important question. Thanksgiving is two days away. We're recording this, and this is going out on Tuesday. What has to be on your table when you get to lunch on Thursday? I love it. This is uh, literally every press conference ever this week, and I am totally here for it, too. Uh, literally, was just talking to my boss because uh, Arkansas State does their press conference on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to hijack the press conference with a, with a bunch of Thanksgiving questions so that we can have our show done and, you know, we can have Thanksgiving. Uh, but but to answer your question, um, yeah, got got to have the mashed potatoes, right? Uh, I'm really big on sides, you know? Like, to me, me the, the sides make – make it the meal, you know? Cause like, look, I'll eat Turkey. I'll eat ham. I'll eat just about anything if it's done right. And that's, that's yeah. the big thing. It's gotta be done right. You know, people hate on Turkey, but I think the people that hate on Turkey, they haven't had it done right. You know, that, that's that, me. That, that, Hand that, up. That's yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Like, like people, Turkey, Turkey gets too much hate in my opinion. Do I still prefer ham? Yeah, I do. But, <laughs> but, but both are good, right? Uh, but no, uh, huge on mac and cheese and mashed potatoes. That's been like my go-to since since birth. Uh, the dressing's got to be on there. Um, Thanksgiving desserts to me are just they're they're just mid, you know. They're kind of like, weird. Yeah, they're they're just mid. I, I don't, I really don't have a, a favorite Thanksgiving dessert, truthfully. But but it's all about the sides for me. Yeah, fair enough. You, you I'm the same go, way. I'm I'm gonna go with look. I love a good mac and cheese. Love good mashed potatoes. Uh, I will say I am a uh, I'm a big casserole guy. So I got three that are in the rotation mm, yeah. that you know my grandmother makes a mean green bean casserole that I really really like a great hash brown casserole oh. and I'm even going to go one more which could be a dessert meal whatever you want to be sweet potato casserole you get a little sweet potato casserole and I'm I'm in, I'm a big sweet potato guy so you know hey it is what it is but you know we'll uh, let us know in the comments what what is your go to Thanksgiving meal what do you got to have on the table but Logan. Yeah. Uh, I know you're making the track back home, man. Appreciate you making the time. And we'll, uh, we're going to regather because, look, we sleep. I don't know if we do this podcast. We technically never sleep because we're constantly talking about sports all the time. True. But, uh, man, I know we're ready to get the ready. We're ready to get to the end of college football, regular season, bowl season. Congratulations. You're getting to go cover a bowl game potentially. I never would have predicted this to start the season, right? I, I mean, the you know Arkansas State's on ESPN to start the season, and Butch Jones goes viral for kneeling on the sideline, and a state's blown out seventy-three to nothing in Oklahoma, get outscored one hundred and ten to three, and all of a sudden they're sitting here at six wins and bowl eligible. So it is bowl projection season. I'm fully here for it. I have been uh, religiously reading the athletic action network, ESPN, CB, you know, you name it. I've read it 24 seven sports. I'll give a plug for you as well. There I've we go. There we go. So. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, look, we love it. And uh, make sure, a couple things, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, check us out. Follow Logan over there on social media, myself as well. And we're going to have another episode coming out next week with hopefully some signings. Uh, if At the very least, we're, we'll grade our Thanksgiving meals. We'll, we'll do that. Oh, we'll we'll yeah. do that. Uh, and hopefully our families don't watch that one because it may not be too pretty. <laughs> but hey, we'll talk about it. Logan Whaley, my name is Bryce Coon, and we'll catch you next time here on the Chopaholic Podcast.